What up, guys? Welcome to the Raising Worth podcast. Raising Worth is a family and an organization who advocates for healthy and connected families. We believe connection takes place when we truly understand the value of one another. A major focus of our mission is connecting families with the heart to adopt with the right resources. So you know the drill. We're here to highlight, uncover, and talk about people, places, and things all raising worth in their community. It could feel random at times. We'll have people on the show from all walks of life. It could be from Bitcoin to adoption and anywhere in between. Thank you so much for being here because we know you could be anywhere in the world right now. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Raising Worth podcast. We're so excited to have you. You can hear in the background that Poet Hepworth is making his debut on the Raising Worth podcast along with Harlow. Halfway through this episode, we get a little bit preoccupied with the twins. As you can hear. (laughs) And so this entire episode is all about marriage. Marriage 101. We put out a question box on Instagram of your questions and we got through just a handful of them on this episode. So they're honest, they're raw, and we don't always have answers to all the questions. So we hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for tuning in. This is officially... The devil doesn't want us to record this episode because we have been um, having some microphone issues, some podcast equipment issues. Zach is cringing. Oh, man. It has taken a lot to get here. That's for sure. Um, (laughs) I don't know who was trying to stop us, but something (laughs) was trying to stop us from getting here. Microphones wouldn't work. Computers wouldn't work. Uh, babies would not nap. (laughs) They wouldn't work. They refuse to nap. So anyways, happy to finally be here. We're talking about marriage Marriage. today. Marriage. Um, So we have a bunch of people lined up, some awesome couples from different phases of their marriage. Some people newlyweds, some people alumni of marriage, some people... Alumni? I didn't know you could be alum. (laughs) Are we alum? No, we're not there yet. I think alum is probably 10 years plus. 10 years in? Uh, Or maybe like 50. I don't know, actually. Um, So, yeah, we have some awesome, awesome couples, some with kids, some without. Some on the mission field, some working in businesses together. Some in ministry. Some in ministry, some with kids, some without kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the very first one, we wanted to come out of the gate with just a question and answer because there's so much room to cover. We've been very open and honest about our marriage um, the valleys of it, the mountains of it. Um, we've been through the ringer together. And so often when you come forward about, Hey, we've bought, we've really gone through it. Questions come up. So a few weeks ago on Instagram, or I guess a couple days ago, um, we asked for you guys to submit your questions. So they're a little bit all over the place. Some of them are very intense. Some of them are a little light. Um, we won't get through all of them because there were so many, but we're going, a lot of them were repetitive. So we're going to do our best to record kind of the biggest ones that stood out to us. Yes. And just so you guys know, Evie and I, and you guys probably already know this, but we are not perfect and (laughs) we don't know everything. So all I want to say, the reason why I bring that up is because we are growing in our understanding of things on a daily and a weekly basis, which you guys can probably relate to. And so as we answer these questions, this is what we believe and this is what we're convicted by at this moment. In this stage of in life. In this stage of life. Mm-hmm. Who knows what will happen yep. in a year or we two years. We could eat our words soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the answers to these questions that we would have answered you know, two yeah. years ago. 
totally different. Very different. Yeah. So very much in process. And um, yeah, I'm glad you prefaced that. Yeah. I just think that's such an important thing to be thinking about. Context. Yeah. Context. Just as we live in this like global, you know, digitally social, you know, economy now mm-hmm. where we have access to people's thoughts and um, they're in process and they're being vulnerable and sharing, uh-huh. you know, it's good just to look at everything that everyone's saying on a sliding scale of growth. Yeah. You know, that's how we kind of process different people um, as they speak. And so anyways, wanted to set the tone there. So we're going to jump in to the deep end. Um, somebody asked. Madison 4610, submission and gender roles in marriage. She went for it. So <laughs> we're going we're gonna to answer that really quick. You do you want to no, say you're, anything? You, you, I asked Zach, what do you want to start with? And he said that one. I said, it's all you, homie. <laughs> That's a deep I just, one. I just figured, it's actually funny because we both were listening to a podcast that was speaking about it. So I figured, hey, let's touch on that one. I know yeah, it's fresh. nobody wants to talk about you know, gender roles and um, submission and marriage and what that looks like. And I'll just start by saying I think that it goes both ways, obviously. I think that there's different ways that a man submits to his wife. And I think there's different ways that a wife submits to her husband. And so just to start with the question of submission, I think that that goes both ways. And then framing up gender roles, I don't know, like, I just, I think that if you're looking at it from a biblical perspective, which I'm, that's what we're assuming when, when EB and I are looking at this type of a question. If you're looking at it from the biblical context, I think it's really obvious that there are different roles in marriage because, you know, first you guys know the story, Adam gets created and then out of Adam comes Eve and Eve is called Adam's helper. And that automatically implies that Eve has something that Adam doesn't and that he really actually needs her help. So the helper, in my opinion, isn't like it's not derogatory or lesser than that title. It's actually a very prestigious title that matches up against man and says, hey, man actually can't do life without woman. Mm -hmm. And so. That's kind of generally how I think about it. And as far as like, you know, like the the specific roles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think that varies per family. Exactly. I don't know that there's any I mean, like we have specificity some good friends that their husbands are the stay-at-home dads totally. and they thrive and love it. Totally. Um, why don't you share about that one excerpt that he was saying about woman, Proverbs 31. Oh, That's yeah. I, I haven't, we haven't like looked into it <clears throat> ourselves yet. But one of the things that he was sharing about, you know, he's kind of talking about her and, and what is being described in the Bible is, you know, possibly her the profession, woman. the virtuous woman, yeah. the virtuous woman. That's right. Um, and what he's talking about is like, look, this this woman is like a real estate agent. She's an investor and her husband is doing it with her. Mm-hmm. And it's really it's just this amazing um amazing texture well yeah it's an amazing co-labor but this this kind of insight he's giving is amazing texture to what is happening at this time where this woman is like investing and doing real estate and her husband is co-laboring with her and i just i think that's really incredible and insightful for me because that you yeah. kind of read it and you kind of think, oh, she just sits around. Totally. And like, kind of, not that she just sits around. Obviously, she's doing all these different things and you read it as a woman. Um, 
if you're in the church right. your whole life. And right. that's like, oh, that's kind of the goal. But the way that, like you said, it puts texture to, no, she was doing things. Yeah. She was doing hard things. Yeah. She was doing things that a And male, helping raise a family. And helping raise a family. And yeah, I mean, there's so much. Uh, it was a Timothy Keller podcast yeah. in context. Uh, so if and you guys we'll, want to go listen to it, we can link it in the, we'll des- link in the description. description. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was really insightful for me because it was like... Um, I guess it was raising her up, which it always is raising her up, but it was saying, um, giving her more value in the business concept versus just the home. Well, one of the most important things that he was talking about and that we found really, really fascinating is that pre-industrial revolution, right? Right. Typically throughout history, it was the man and the woman in many cultures working together Mm -hmm. on a specific trade, whether it was like shoemakers or, you know ironsmiths or it was real estate or investments Mm -hmm. it was like the family worked as a unit Mm -hmm. and then comes in the fantastic you know industrial revolution which gave us so much but then also kind of created this split where the you know where the female stays home the man goes out he's the breadwinner and that's how sometimes we can if we're not careful read into the Bible. The Bible. Yeah, so and true. that's one of the things that I would say, you know, the U.S. like evangelical worldview about gender roles, I think we'd probably um, want to have some conversations about For that. For sure. There's probably there's a so lot of stuff. context that we're missing. Yeah, there's probably a lot of stuff that we don't agree with on, on sure, that sure. forefront. Yeah, so. sure. And, you know, um, I think gender roles and submission, that's something... Um, you know, the famous book, Love and Respect, which we both read while we were yeah. engaged. The whole premise of the book is it, the Bible doesn't tell a woman to um, love her husband because it's ingrained mm-hmm. into her being. It's yeah. the way that she was fashioned. It's the way she was created. And so she doesn't actually even need to be reminded. Um, and it doesn't tell the husband to respect his wife because he, he, he literally, you know, like it's ingrained men to respect. And so the funny thing is, but you have to tell a woman to respect her husband because it doesn't necessarily come, <laughs> hey, totally. it doesn't come necessarily in natural. Ma- natural. Yeah. Um, and you have to remind a husband 100%. over and over, love your wife, love your wife. Tender love. Tender love, yeah, because uh, it doesn't come necessarily natural. And so um, that's kind of another thing swinging back to the submission yeah. thing of just like, you know, so often you hear these extreme like, Whoosh, submit, that just means nod your ass and say yeah, yes yeah. and don't complain and this. <laughs> And it's like, no, that's not. Which is one of the things that I think has like kind of been propagated throughout For the sure. U.S. evangelical church throughout totally. history. Yes. Which is one of the things I would turn say. Turn off. Huge turn Yeah, off. we definitely don't. Yeah, totally. I definitely don't agree with that. But. Um, okay, so the next question is. It's what? complex. It's a complex yeah. topic. <laughs> For sure. How did you learn to really appreciate the other for who they are with all of their differences? Okay. How are, hold on. Let's rephrase that. How are you learning to really appreciate the other for who they are? Okay. I I have a huge confession to make with this one because I'm going to swing from like evangelical church talk to like uh, total opposite Hollywood culture. And that's because I learned this huge life lesson through two of, probably two of the most famous people on the planet, um, Kanye and Kim. This is hilarious. I know this is so silly, but when I watched 
Kim Kardashian be so loyal to Kanye West. It is so, it was so strange to me, but it really, really spoke to me because she never apologized for his, who he was. Like, you know, Kanye West is one of the greatest producers, hip hop producers. He's yeah. one of the uh, most creative fashion designers. He, I mean, he's an entrepreneur to uh, X level. Like, I mean, it's crazy. Um, but his mind, people know sometimes, you know, he's got, like, a, lot going on he's got a lot going on. For sure. And Kim just stuck beside him. And I remember thinking, gosh, like, that's crazy. She never apologizes for him. And it really spoke to me. I was like, gosh, and Zach is similar in the sense of, you know, he's got so much creativity and his mind's always on. And it's like, he has a lot of these extreme dreams. So it's like, oh my gosh, I don't understand them. I don't know what to do with this. And I remember thinking if Kim can stand beside her husband, in all that he is, then surely I can stand behind mine. Like it was such a moment of like revelation for me because I'm like, dang, it really inspires me. She doesn't apologize for him and that she really probably, sure there's these little quirks about him that drive her crazy, but it was so strange to me how much that spoke to me. And that really, in kind of the epidemic of our marriage, the, the deepest pit, I remember thinking I can love, I can learn to I don't have to necessarily like love these quirks about them, but I can learn to like them. I can learn to like poke fun at them and make them less heavy where it's yeah. this like burden of like, oh, why is he the way he is? Tough. But it turned into like, okay, he's this way and I need to find a way to laugh through it because I don't understand it and it's very weird to me and it's strange. I, I don't know why he thinks this way, but I don't have to love it, but I can learn how to laugh my way through it because yeah. it's just different. It's good. And um, it was really a huge revelation for me, you know, because yeah. we, just for preface, Zach and I could not Polar be opposites. more different in all things. Literally. Sun and the moon, Sun and fire the moon. and ice, <laughs> river and sand. Who's fire? Who's ice? <laughs> I'm fire. Uh, I don't know. That's kind of like, it tends, yeah. depends on the hour yeah, of the, the day. analogy. So what would you say? I was going to say also, I know somebody who's listening to this is like, I cannot believe she said that Kanye or that Kim was loyal to Kanye. I know. So, so true. let me, let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you, let, let me tell you, <laughs> she's saying it in the strictest terms of the fact that she was loyal to who he was. Yes. Okay. So remember again. As we started yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. this podcast, context <laughs> is everything. And so what she's talking about again was me. in, look, the question was, how do you appreciate others' differences? So don't apply that to other areas, okay? <laughs> Take it in context. And I would say that, you know, that's probably one of the hardest things to do is to learn how to appreciate yes. the idiosyncratic things about your spouse, right? right? Like, how do you, how do you appreciate those things and i don't know i'd say for me i have probably done you know the same thing i think it's a culture we have created together in our relationship which is just to be able to laugh at one another you know not to put each other down for being different or to you know be mean to one another about our differences but to be able to poke fun at how different we are because it is funny mm-hmm. like the quirks that Evie has, they're hilarious. <laughs> and same with me. I do some of the silliest stuff. And so, you know, I try not to be, you know, offended or, you know, get my feelings hurt when she, you know, says something funny about the way that I act or the way yeah. that I think. <laughs> um, because at the end of the day, it does help me not only appreciate those things about myself, learning that they're unique, learning that, you they're know, weird. <laughs> learning that they're weird. And then also, 
helps me see my oddities, therefore helps me be more compassionate and right. empathetic towards hers. Right. You know, the different things that she does. So, um, yes. Next question. Next question is struggles with intimacy during first year of marriage, purity, pre-marriage to sex. Again, um, we're going to answer this from a uh, Christian worldview. So uh, if you are listening, um, that's the perspective that we're coming from. I think this goes back, honestly, to uh, a lot of the questions on here. It's just communication. That's so funny. I was going to say the exact same thing. Yeah, like you can't, I mean, obviously, communication slash expectation, Yeah. right? Um, Especially if you're coming from a, it depends on the history you're coming from in your life. If you come from a sexual background where you have this, um, where you're sexual active, sexually active, previous. yeah, and you apply yeah. it into your your you know future relationship or your marriage or whatever, that can get tainted really really quick, uh, and so I think For the sure. first way to avoid that is um, honestly being honest with that person of just experiences where you've been at, so then they understand your history, so then they can understand okay, I can recognize like just be. I mean, we were so yeah. open. Yeah. Um, when we were dating and engaged and whatnot. But then as far as first year of marriage, you have to communicate. And um, you have to be able to, again, not be offended, mm-hmm. not be embarrassed. Yeah. It's totally normal to like, And not to questions. shame not one to another. Shame. for if, if you do have a past, not shaming totally. one another. Totally. Shame, shame isn't going to make your sexual relationship better. It's no. going to make it worse. Yeah, it's going to divide. So, yeah, and I think just making sure that you... Um, create that culture like right now i'm listening i'm listening to the audiobook soundtrack by john acuff and the the soundtracks essentially kind of your thoughts the reoccurring thoughts that you have and the patterns of your life um essentially end up forming kind of the song of your life and so if you have a constant similar soundtrack of your mind of your specific intimate you know experience with your spouse um and it's negative then it can um you're just going to keep hearing that same soundtrack and you're going to continue to mimic it. And changes can't be changed until you talk about them. So, um, yeah, and purity pre-marriage to sex. Can I add to that? Oh, yeah, yeah, go for it. Really quick, just with the the intimacy during the first year of marriage, I just want to validate the fact that sex and sexual activity in, you know, Marriage and relationships is is intimidating. It is. It can be very intimidating. That's yeah, pretty terrifying. I think it actually just is intimidating. Yeah, they tell you, know, you up front. Yeah, don't do any, don't do anything, and then the, you, all of a sudden you're yeah. married, and they're like, "Become an animal!" <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, it's like this. It's a hard swing, yeah, yeah. From like you know, hold everything back to give everything. Sure. And yeah, so it's intimidating, but I think principally speaking, the way you get through intimidating situations with people you love is radical transparency and you know brave communication right talking about things that maybe make your heart skip a little bit 100%. you know and if it's something that you know you just continue to think about all the time in your mind and your heart you know races when you think about bringing it up it's probably good to bring it up like it's 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 probably an indicator that you need to bring it up to your spouse or, you know, a trusted counselor, trusted yes. pastor or somebody that yes. has a high level process, of trust that you yeah. respect so you can process that. And it might be something you need to process in two steps. One with a counselor and a pastor, two with your, your spouse. spouse. Yeah. Um, if it's very, you know, serious or something that you're just having a hard time articulating. Or it may be something that you just simply need to open up a discussion with your spouse about. 
I don't know how to determine that necessarily. That's something you really do have to determine for yourself. But the more you can speak bravely with your spouse, the more you can be radically transparent, the better the sexual relationship will get between the two of you. The bed will be fuego when you can learn to just talk to one another. <laughs> Not you only know? that, but it, it's like, but it bleeds into the whole culture of your whole family. No, totally. But just what, in this context right, of I'm what we're talking the about. The nucleus, if you can yeah. be honest there, it is yeah. crazy how free the entire For sure. family will be. For sure. Because that is a hard place to be free in. It is. And it's a hard place to really, really be honest in. And a very practical thing I'll say about that is there is a time to have those conversations. And usually the time is not right before intimacy at night. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like not. if you're like, hey, I have some feedback for you. I'm out last night or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, you have yeah, this, yeah. like, yeah. it's like there is a time to have these conversations and make sure you read into that because it can quickly for sure you can go into it being like oh i just want to be honest and have this radical transparency okay but maybe not 9 p.m yeah friday night yeah yeah maybe say uh hey like be intentional about the timing that you yeah. always enter into brave communication because totally. and not right in the middle exactly of, you know of everything. <laughs> of don't, everything don't pause and try to have a conversation yeah like so um that's what we'll say about that the other part of the question was purity premarital sex um pre wait purity pre marriage purity, to sex yeah, yeah. so um you know oh a baby i hear a baby yeah you want to grab him while i share this part um something so we're just that's the way we roll in these days is that our babies are not sleeping more than 40 minutes at a time and so sometimes babies just are going to start crying during our episodes now um but what i was going to say about purity pre-marriage to sex is um the context of zach and i's experience is what we're going to always share from and for us we had to make really really hysterical boundaries because we knew both of our um like just passionate personalities you know like when you really really love someone it's like well gosh and so for us it was literally comical how um silly it felt silly our boundaries were um we would not turn lights off if we were watching a movie if it was just us we were like okay there's no need for us both to be under the same blanket if we're watching a movie just like things that were like um I had a second staircase rule. He wasn't allowed past the second staircase of my house. There was like no need for him to be upstairs. Like it was so, it felt silly, but what was so special was our wedding night and our really our whole, like, you know, our um, intimacy into marriage has been like so special because we fought so hard um, when we were dating to really guard that. And so that's, you can keep that pretty simple. You have to have accountability and you have to make boundaries that you're, it's like, I'm not making this boundary with like tape. I'm making it with a cement wall because with tape, it's easy just to go right underneath it and just keep on. Oh, okay. And then excuse it. And then just say, okay, it won't happen again. And then, you know, whatever. And so for us, it was drawing a hard wall, not a line, but a hard wall and just saying, we're not going to go past this. Um, and it was worth it. It was really, really hard. We dated for um, about a year a year and a half before actually getting married. But it was so worth it. For sure. And the and fact I, that him, you, you and I could do it shows that it can be done. Yeah. Because we totally. are, you know, we're just so attracted to each other. And there's just so much fire yeah. Um, yeah. In, that, in that season. So Yeah, 100%. I think it's really for us, the, uh, you know, purity pre-marriage was pretty 
simple but not easy yes right yes. the simplicity for us is like stay away from each other yeah. in, in in private settings <laughs> yes. you know it's like be around each other in public settings with groups and you know if we're going to be just alone be together at like a restaurant or a coffee shop or you know i'd go see her on campus when yep. she was you know in college things where you know or, or places where you know you're not going to be compromising, <laughs> yes. you know, some of the boundaries. So yeah. I think that's uh, that was a huge, for us, it was a huge help. And I'll just say it was something being in the anti-human trafficking industry, knowing the way that uh, sex was exploited and, and paid out and all of these things. That was a huge, I, I remember, you know, knowing that that was the industry that you and I were going to be stepping, we already were in. And so you and I were very like, okay sex is a sacred thing and seeing how just ridiculous it is handled all around the world that was a huge like kind of it like is. fuel for us yeah. because we were like we don't want to sacrifice this yeah. this is this is really sacred to fight yeah, for big time so it's sacred was... it's an intimate communication right right i mean it's a form of language right it's like a physical form of language mm-hmm. and so yeah you don't want to you know necessarily be talking to just anybody mm-hmm. or talking to somebody in the wrong context right, right? so um yes okay, next did question. or does having kids add more stress to your marriage and i would say absolutely Duh. but um what kind of stress right because there are good stressors and bad stressors right. in life and it's definitely not bad stress it's very very good stress yeah but some of it is good stress yeah some yeah i mean i think i think for the most part for me i would say it's pretty much all good stress mm-hmm. um because it's not something that i feel burdened about right it was something though that for sure caused me as a father to step up mm-hmm. in um just my willingness yeah and my you know my selfishness was tested so much mm-hmm. in the first like when we first became parents it still is being tested but mm-hmm. so much so up front and becoming a parent right um i felt like i was having to give so much up to uh yeah just just to be present and learning how to be present um as a father, what did that mean to be present? And so, yeah, I feel like it was all good stressors. It was stuff that pulled on um, the better qualities in me to come out. Now, as far as as these qualities are, you know, trying to make their way to the surface, there are some definite impurities <laughs> <laughs> that, that surface yeah. inside of me. Realizing, okay, I'm not as patient as I thought I was. For I'm not sure. as selfless as I thought I was. For sure. Um, I'm also like, I also don't understand life as much as I thought I did. When a little kid asks you about God and you're trying to explain God to them, you realize <laughs> oh like, maybe gosh, I don't I know. know a lot about life. <laughs> I know. Or like, what is the moon, daddy? You know, it's like, that's a good it's question. It's a rock in the sky. <laughs> I, I think the food chain of stress and of marriage and kids it opens up the conversation to other things. Because my first thought was, once you have kids, all of a sudden you're buying diapers, you're buying baby food, you're buying more things. So it brings stress into the finances because you're like, I had to buy this. And also, you know, and then it brings stress into the, oh, there's children to feed. Hey, babe, what's for dinner? And it's four o'clock. And it's like, I haven't been to the grocery store in three days. So there's there are those like, kind of like almost snaps of stress where it's like, I, I, don't, I didn't prepare for this. And so it's um, this- It's front loaded. Yeah, it's front loaded. Yeah. 
but then um, there's this, you, you get into the cadence of um, somewhat of a cadence. I still never know what is for dinner every day at four, but um, you get into a cadence of like, okay, this is how you handle buying diapers or this is how you handle, like for us, having kids meant having a diagnosis that we didn't plan for. So how the, handling the stress of Duchenne, it's like, okay. And, and so it's not that, yes, obviously having kids brings stress into your marriage and into your family and it adds to, to a new dynamic. But like said, Zach said, there's good stress, there's bad stress. Um, and so learning how to kind of dissect the new you know, situations that you're being served, that's kind of the initial stressful part, the front loaded mm-hmm. part. But then you figure out, okay, this is as our family, this is how we handle this. This yeah. is how we walk through this. This is how we, For sure. and so, um, it's an invitation to learn how to navigate new, you know, like challenges essentially. Um, but you just, that that's with all things. Yeah. That's like, if you get a new puppy, you got to it's yeah it's a little stressful at the beginning but then eventually it becomes this you know companion and it becomes so the way that i look at it is just uh, you know a practical analogy is you can choose lifting or running both of those you are you know when you first start out you're very weak right and either the amount of weight you can lift or the amount of miles you can run is typically very low Mm mm-hmm and the only way mm-hmm. that you're able to run longer, run faster, or lift with more explosive power and lift more weight is to stress the body. Right. You put the body under stress. Yeah. And this tolerance. is a good stress. Yeah. And it grows. Right. And it learns how to handle, you know, okay, we're 1.5 miles in and we've got 500 feet of elevation climb mm-hmm. headed up for a mile. <laughs> yeah. You learn, your body learns how to handle that. Or, okay... We're doing a heavy cardio section here, and then we're going to get off the bike and lift some weights. And, you know, this is going to be a heavy, you know, a heavy weight to lift. Mm -hmm. Your body learns how to handle those things in the same way when you start off as a parent. You're weak in your abilities, you know. And and we still are strengthening and conditioning our, uh, our emotions and our intelligence about parenting and our you know, in our spirits when it comes to parenting, we're still conditioning and strengthening Always those. Always will be, yeah. Always will be. But over time, the things that would have stressed us out in the beginning don't stress us out now. Exactly. You know, and so you build up a tolerance. So if you don't have kids now and you're getting ready to have kids, hey, just think about it. You go into the gym of parenting. Yeah. Like get ready to put on your sneakers and the right pair of running shorts it's well because said. you're going to get conditioned. Yeah. You're going to, they're going to get you're going to get uh, put under a lot of stress, but it's good stress. It's stress that's designed to grow you mm-hmm. in your communication, in your emotional fortitude, in your spiritual strength. And so also expectation is huge. Yeah. Like just expect, expect that things are going to really change. Mm-hmm. You know, that was one of the things I think we were a little naive in was, ah, oh, not a lot's going to change. Like we can, we tend to, <laughs> we tend to be a little overconfident in ourselves sometimes which is a good thing and a bad thing that we have to both navigate. But for us going into parenting, it was like, ah, oh, not a lot's going to change. Yeah. And a lot changed. Yeah. And I think if we could have just, you know, realized, hey, everything is going to change. And I like, gone into it with such an open mind of like, hey, our lives are never going to be the same. Houses are never going to be as clean. Mm-hmm. Time 
is never going to have, you're never going to have as much time as you once did. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that you love are going to get broken. Yeah, your budget you know? is going to change. Cameras will be thrown into bathtubs of oh, water. Oh, I'm still <laughs> upset about that. The next question while Evie goes down and gets the one of the twins situated. We're just going back and forth, tag team and helping out with the, with the babies. The next question is... How to get out of the rut? We're in the valley and it's so hard to get out of it. You know, we got a lot of people saying, Yeah, this is we a great are question. in a really hard time. I don't know if we're going to make it. And I will be the first to say, I, <laughs> I, I was on that train for a long time. I was like, there's literally no way that we're going to get through this because too much of Zach needs to change. Me, gosh, I'm humble. I'm willing to change. I just feel like I'm a total victim to this really intense husband that is just like set in his ways and stubborn. Like I really, really, really viewed it like so much of you needing to grow. And like I was willing and open to growing, but I felt like it really was all your fault essentially. And, um, and it took a long time for me to really like come to face to face with the flaws within myself that really needed polishing. And, um, kind of this self-righteous um, perspective I was having. of, And so all that to say, I think we got out of the valley for a, a, a plethora of different reasons. One thing is that the people around us really refused to let us not um, like survive this. They really, like, I mean, our pastors, our closest friends, um, I would say we have probably four or five of our closest friends that know really they're, you know, like on the board of directors of our lives, really they knew everything happening and um, they really came alongside us in that. Um, And then also you and I just learning to really like look at each other and be like, okay, are we going to do this? Like I realized I had a lot of rage within me. We would get in conflict and I would just shoot off the handle because I felt so unmisunderstood and it's just got to me so badly. And so being honest about those things together and just really going to counseling Um, being honest with the little quirks about you that frustrated me Uh, instead of ignoring them like really saying hey this is something you do and it frustrates me and like um, something that I learned is that I'm not good at communicating when I'm emotional like when I'm mad I can't form thoughts I like black out and so something we learned was like okay Zach and I can't have a, a intense conversation when I'm heated. So sometimes that means taking the rest of the day to really organize my thoughts and then I can come feeling like I'm actually saying what I'm feeling. Or sometimes it means taking a a walk around the block, cooling off. But like there were just really these markers of like, okay, we have to implement this to be able to have brave communication and we have to make sure like there, you know, also when you have kids, you're fighting for a whole family, not just for a marriage. And so there was this extra weight of responsibility of being like, we need to sort this out because this is not something we want to pass down uh, into our legacy. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What would you say? I would say all that's really good. And I'd echo all of that. And uh, I'd say like the simplest thing is, just don't uh don't give up. I think that too often because things are hard, we just give up. And there's certain obviously there's certain reasons to um for like, you know, the safety of your life. Of course. Right. 
you know, there's certain, there's certain reasons like that where, you know, you'd want to get out of a relationship. Um, but beyond those really severe things, I think it's just too often we just give up. And we think that, because I remember thinking so many times, is this how it's always going to be? Yeah, I remember Is it always going to be like this? Yeah. Because if it's always going to be like this, God, I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. If this is how it's going to be, this is so much energy. This is so much stress. Not, It didn't feel like good stress yes. either. It felt like a very bad stress that would take us into these like dark mental places. Yes. And I just remember thinking, is this how it's always going to be? And... I, I would feel the Lord encourage me that that people and you, Zach, too often just give up too soon. Because I think that, you know, what is it? Uh, after the darkest dawn is the day, right? Yeah. It's, it's very cliche, but it's very, very true that typically when things are really rough, right around the corner is breakthrough. Mm-hmm. When there's a lot of resistance... In your marriage, typically that's pointing to and indicating that, hey, if you can get through this and get to the other side, it's going to be a very fruitful, very dynamic, very special relationship. Mm-hmm. And as as hard as it is, these these conflicts that we go through in marriage are ultimately mm-hmm. what, you know, shape us yeah. and ultimately what make our marriage our marriages and and our marriage particularly so Shine. rich yeah like there's so much depth to what we've been through together not that i encourage people to go through things if you don't sure. have to oh but gosh, we we came into marriage with so much generational hurt right and and you know baggage and um wounds and there yes. was a lot of stuff that we were sorting Very through broken. Yeah. in our you know in establishing our family line that hadn't been worked through right no one had worked through through it with us and we didn't know how to navigate it we didn't necessarily have roadmaps for what we were doing and so let me ask i would say i i hear this a lot yeah would you answer all of that the same girls always come to me on instagram saying you know i have a relationship with the lord Mm -hmm. my husband's relationship is not near as strong if at all if if they're even in like walking in faith right um so would you say your answer is all the same from a woman married to a man that is not, uh, quote, saved or whatever? Yeah. Is that still your same answer? I've I've heard of testimonies, you know. Of course. Yeah. Um, of particularly in this situation, because it seems to be this situation more than the reverse situation where it's right. like a man that's saved and his you know, wife yeah. isn't. It seems to be the story that I hear is a woman is saved. And her husband isn't, right. and her husband is just hard-hearted totally. or whatever, yeah, um, just completely stubborn. And it's the faith of that woman, and the prayer and the tenderness and the relentless pursuit of her husband, which, just so you know, it shouldn't be that way, right? Like, that's not fair, design, yeah. and that's not the design. I don't believe, but if it's that way, then you know, it's typically her pursuit of her husband and the grace of God that changes the, you know, the man's heart. And so I don't know, you know, that's a very tough, that's a very tough question. 
I think to uh, answer. Yeah. Um, Especially because we have so I, many friends that have been in that situation, and they don't. You know, they they do separate, and there's oh, this yeah, level sure. of like, yeah, I get it. You mm-hmm. know, I, I get. No. I get why you did that. Um, because whenever people ask me that, I'm like, gosh, that is hard because there's this level, you kind of go through these different chapters of like, okay, I loved them through this. I love them through this. I love them through this. And then all of a sudden you, it just, it's like, are we getting anywhere? Like you said, is this really how it's always going to be? And, um, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like that's something that it's, it's case to case. And I also think it's, the like willingness of the individual right like whoever you are who's in a situation like that do you have the endurance and do you want to endure whatever you're going through to see change in this person that you love you know um and then at what point you have to ask yourself and probably through counsel with a bunch of people you trust and love and a lot of prayer and, and thought like at what point do you leave? Right. At what point do you go around. live your life? You yeah. know, um, I don't know. Like yeah. that's a. We it's don't a have an real, answer to that. I don't have an answer question. to that. It's um, a very real question. All right. Next question. Um, I think we can answer this one pretty quickly. Um, what do you wish you knew or had spent time doing preparing, um, for slash before entering marriage? Basically, what do you wish you knew going into marriage? Or what do you wish you spent more time on? I mean, here's on? the thing. We did everything. We did premarital counseling. We read all the books. We were personally mentored by couples that had been married, you know, 50 years plus. Like, I feel like we did everything, and yet we still hit every single roadblock. So I think there's a level of preparation you can do. Um, you know, I think the, the, the common thread is that usually you're not seeing the ugliest side of your spouse until you're married. You know what I mean? Usually because you're still at the point in your relationship where you're like polite. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and like, sure, you might fight or argue, but it's not anything to the level of usually a, a fight yeah. when you're once in marriage. So yeah. um, I think you can prepare all you want, but you're still going to yeah. struggle. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean you don't prepare. No. <laughs> yeah, I think you, making time for that marriage counseling is absolutely crucial. I think um, um, something that is really sad that happens um, is that usually you'll l- stop hanging out with your crew of people. Often, you know, you you have your crew of people and once they get married, they kind of fall off yeah. the face of this earth. That's not what you should do. Right. I think it's important to do life with people while you're engaged and then doing life once you're married so then they can recognize different patterns. Never that... cut ties with all the homies. Don't. It's important. That's you your gang. Squad. You need a squad. Um, you want to make it back. You need a squad. You want a squad. Work on yourself, you know? Like, allow God to do as much inner healing and as much inner discovery. That's a good answer. As possible. Yeah. And encourage whoever you're dating to, to do, do the, the same. exact same thing. That's because, a great piece of advice. Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> because I think that really what Evie said is so true. That no matter how like how much you know yourself, no matter how secure you are in your identity, no matter, no matter, no matter, no matter, you're still going to have arguments and fights and difficulties and marriage is going to be tough. It's just how it is. It's two people in relationship. Relationships are hard. But you can 
hopefully make it a lot more manageable by allowing God to just bring things up that, you know, need healing or need to be worked on or whatever so that you come as whole as possible into the relationship as you can. really good. So I think that's really the main thing I wish I would have done more of. I did a lot of it personally. I did a lot, a lot of it. I do wish I would have done more. I think there is more that I could have done. I do think there was probably, looking back, better ways I could have gone about it. Yeah. And so I wish I would have done more of that. Yeah. All right, so there were so many really good questions. I think that that's it for now. Um, what do you think? Should we do like a part two later? Down yes, the road? I think that we got to so many. Uh, we didn't get to so many yeah. that I think um, on the tail end of this little series, we are going to answer some more questions because we have two boys that are so smiley and so hungry and they woke up so early. <laughs> so we are going to throw the punches. Um, our life is always a little bit roll, all over the roll place. Roll the punches. Wait, what yes, did I say? Throw the punches. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm throwing punches right now. We're going to roll with the We're punches. We're going to roll with the yeah. thrown punches. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, our next couple guests you, are, I think, are going to very enjoy because we love getting new perspectives and new voices of influence around our table. So. Thank you guys for listening. We're excited <laughs> to see you guys next week. Yep. Yeah, we will see week. you when we see you. All right. Love you guys.